Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the New Era Podcast. I'm your host, New Era, and I'm super excited for today's episode. I have a very special guest. He goes by the name of Zachary Ramos. Hey, what's up, Zach? Nice to be on the show. Thank you so much for coming out. I know we've talked about this, like it's been in the works for a while, but I'm super excited to have you on. Um, I want to go ahead and, and introduce you to to the listeners on, um, well, first how I, I I heard of you, right? So I I first, <laughs> which I, I, I first heard of you um, as, um, initially I heard of you as an 18-year-old kid that was running for mayor and almost won. And I was like, wait, hold on. That, that, that alone uh, intrigued me to know like who it was, who was this kid, you know, obviously, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was like, wait, he, and he almost won. Wait, this is crazy. You know? So you were running for, for mayor in a, in a small town called Gustine, California, right? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, um, which is crazy because, you know, like we we're saying, you know, you almost ended up, you know, winning that campaign, but why is it that you, that you ran for mayor? So I ran for mayor because my senior year in high school, I had gotten an internship with the city, which I greatly appreciated because I believe that at a young age, you need to be active any way you can. And during that time of serving the community, I noticed a lot of things that I wanted to change, that things needed to be changed. And once I graduated, I went to college, took some time to think about it, talked to some of the professors about it, talked to some of the business owners in town, and came to the conclusion if I really want to make the impact that I see is needed in my community, I needed to run. And after I made that conclusion, I just ran with it. And as you mentioned, we almost won it, which I hope gives a lot of hope to young people like us that things can happen. Might not have happened, but we can reach for it again. Right. And, you know, just, um, I mean, just running at, you know, at such, oh, running alone takes a lot, right? Yes. So then, and doing that at, at such a young age, which is incredible, because, you know, at first, you know, um, and we had talked about this before, where I, I didn't, like, when I did, prior to me meeting you, I didn't know how serious, you know, this candidate was that almost won. And I'm sure this is the first thing that runs through so many people's minds when they when they hear, okay, this this young kid is running for mayor for a town where, Obviously, you know, you're from there. You were born and raised, correct? And then, um, you know, when I, I finally had the chance to meet you, I automatically, without a doubt, we, we hadn't even had a conversation. I remember we met um, in a little, in the in Jonathan's shop in yes. Justine. And uh, without, we hadn't even, like, been introduced and I knew who you were. <laughs> and your energy alone is very much like, we talked about this where you um, people tell you you're 18 going on, what, 60? When, when you have these conversations... Yep. I felt like I was having a conversation with like, like my, my grandfather or something, which is <laughs> hilarious to say because you're like 18 or 19. How old are you now? 19 going on 20 soon. Right. So it's like, you know, you're so, and you're so passionate about it. You know, um, obviously, you know, the politics is one thing that I've never really talked about on the podcast. And one thing, you know, we, that I did notice while, you know, we have had conversations mm -hmm. is, you're very much respectful on and everyone's decisions on what they believe in, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, what are what were some of the obstacles you had uh, for like running on your campaign when you were running for mayor? So, every first time person running for office faces many challenges. How am I going to get signs? How am I going to get flyers? How am I going to get my message to the people? The first thing that hit us was getting a team together. I was worried. I was thinking this is going to be very difficult because not many people were ready for a young person to run for something like this. And 
It was actually pretty interesting. I went to businesses that already said they support. They gave me some numbers, and instantly from there, I just rolled with it. I went to the local university, UC Stanislaus, UC Merced, and shared my message with the local party clubs there. And right after that, we started getting a team going. Youngest member being 14, helping out with getting uh, papers organized, everything with rubber bands, to our oldest being in his 80s, 90s, who would always help us out with uh, either phone calls or talking to businesses. Another big obstacle we had to face is you have to have thick skin in politics because if you don't have thick skin, you let things get to you, you're going to show something that the people, the public are going to think, well, that's not really what we want in an official. There was always on social media people trying to get under my skin, trying to get a reaction. Um, and it never worked because I always found it funny. These people are saying, oh, he's not a threat. Oh, he's not going to do anything. Yet you're saying such atrocious vernacular towards me on Facebook or Instagram. Like one woman posted, um, I, she asked me what my thoughts were on marijuana being in Gustine. And I gave her what I believe was a very reasonable answer, which was very similar to what my opponent had said. And she went on to share it, thinking I wouldn't see it, and said, made a comment, I bet he doesn't buy his own toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Which my I just couldn't stop laughing at the fact that this is how low people will sink to it. But it's funny in a way, because when you're 19, your enemy should usually be your old high school rival. Right. Not an assembly member or a congressman. Right. Like, either people in their 50s, 60s are like, this kid needs to be stopped. Yeah. Just. It's incredible like, with, um, you know, and I know, you know, off air, we talked a little bit about, like, social media because I just, mm. I'm like, I'm trying to work on, like, the whole marketing aspect, even, like, on the podcast, right? And mm. I just recently started working on my Facebook page for the podcast. And that's one thing I was, like, I don't want to say dreading it, but I was just not really looking forward to it because just, you know, with... With every, you know, there's so much, you know, I'm in very, various different um, social medias, right? So there's like Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's, there's Facebook, right? But um, what I was telling you earlier about, you know, with the, with the, even the, with the support that you get, whether it's Twitter, Instagram is very much positive, you know, and, and if anything, constructive criticism, you know, mm-hmm. it's very, very much uplifting, you know, in a sense. And with Facebook, it's very much like. No, you know, I had a story with, uh, about my stickers when I first came out. So when I uh, when I first, you know, started the podcast, I wanted I, I love anything merchandise. Like I love supporting merch of anyone right? that I support. And um, so I couldn't wait to the day I made stickers. Right. So mind you, I didn't know um, I hadn't met Jonathan at the time. So shout out to Jonathan that I think seen, um that does my stickers now. He just d- does a great job. But I, I didn't have anyone at the time. So, you know what? I'm going to go on Vistaprint get those printed out and then just sell them. Right. And then um, I, I got the stickers. I ended up cutting them myself because I couldn't, I didn't even know how to figure out to get like cut die stickers to make sure they looked all cool. So um, I, I got them done on Vistaprint and I think I was like, like selling them for like two or three bucks. I don't remember it. Right. And I remember I posted them, you know, on, on Twitter and, and, and um, Instagram and snap and like people were buying them. So I was like, Oh, awesome. It was like so uplifting. Like, so many people were supporting, right? And so I got I built confidence to post it on like a fa- on the lo- on the local lo- um 
uh, Facebook page, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let, let me see if anyone will, will like to buy some since I'm doing so good on every other social media, right? And um, I remember I had posted it and like, like within like the first five minutes, I had this like older gentleman and he was like, oh, that logo is tacky. Those colors are horrible. No one would want to buy that. Why would you put that on a stick? It was like, and my little heart was like, damn, this is harsh. <laughs> so um, I didn't know. like, And then I told myself, okay, you know what, Maria? Like, not everyone is going to be supportive. Of, of course, like, you know, the majority of, of, of the podcast and the listeners, I've been getting like literally like 99.9% positive regardless, you know, great. which is awesome. And, you know, but the, you have to understand and not, not only um, and in anything you choose to do that, you're going to have people that aren't supportive and absolutely want to put you down and just want a reaction from you, especially you being so young, you know, it's when I told my, a lot of my friends are getting more active in their own life, trying to do things, start up from bottom up. And the biggest advice I give them is if no one's trying to say something about you, what you're doing, trying to belittle it, you're not making a big enough impact. Right. Support is the greatest thing you can have. But when someone takes time out of their day to go on the computer, to go on a social media website, to try to belittle what you're doing, it shows you're making an impact. Right. Because you didn't waste any time. Yeah. They wasted time out right. of their day. That's you continue true. doing you. That's so true. And it, and it, I don't think people, you know, really like go into detail and realize how lame someone looks posting like something negative about, mm-hmm. especially about someone that's trying to, to, to not only do the best they can to like, um, go far in life, but you know, you have so many goals and aspirations, you know, which, you know, I, we'll go in depth later mm-hmm. as well, you know, but, um, it's one thing that I, I, what intrigued me about, you know, when I heard, when I first heard about you was, you know, not a lot of min- millennials like really are into politics. Well, I mean, now they're starting to get into considering the, you know, um, everything that's been going on lately mm-hmm. for the past couple of years. Right. Um, now I realize that there's been an impact where a lot of, you know, millennials are lo- starting to look into politics where they're starting to realize, you know what, like people's vote does matter, you know? So um, what do you, what do you say when people say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to vote. My vote doesn't matter. When it comes down to that, to all my friends, your vote does matter. Because if you look at the elections from presidential all the way down to local, it's people that think like that, that cost elections. And when people say, oh, I'm young and my vote doesn't matter. I remind them, George Washington, Aaron Burr, Hamilton, Lafayette, all under the age of 30. And some under the age of 24 helped lead our country to where it's at today. Lafayette was aged, I think, 18, and he led a French army against the British Empire. If he can do that at 18, you can easily get into your car, get on your bike or your scooter or walk to the local voting place to help make your voice count and help make decisions for your country. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, don't wait till it's too late either. You know, I, I always let people know, you know. You do have to register, you know, because yes. so, some people don't even realize that they have to register to vote, mm-hmm. which I, I know that state may seem like crazy. But, you know, um, I, I a few years ago, I started getting into, you know, politics when it comes down to like looking in depth or even like with the local elections as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I it, it intrigues me because, you know, uh, us being from like small towns, you know, um, 
you're from Gustina, I'm from Los Banos, you know, and I always love to like to, I always like to shed light on the people that are, are taking the initiative to not only step outside the comfort zone, but um, making a difference, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, you know, uh, like, you know, what we were talking about with the election, you know, unfortunately you didn't win, mm-hmm. but that didn't stop you at all. God, no. That, that just gave you more fire to just keep on going. It absolutely did. A lot of people thought that this is the end of this kid. He's not going to run. He's not going to do anything else. And what's funny was literally right after that, I hit on the ball. I went back to my organization, started signing up for different committees, different things. And it's just been an incredible ride since our last conversation. Now I'm a part of the Make Portuguese Count campaign for the census to help out with our state of making sure Portuguese people fill out the census with Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the library advisory committee for the county for my district. I'm working on my organization. I'm working with kids, trying new programs. And now I'm even working with the Alzheimer's Association to help spread awareness for that. So even though that didn't work out for me with the election, I didn't let that get me down because sometimes when you let that happen to you, mm-hmm. you start sinking into this pit of, I wasn't good enough for this. I'll be good enough for that. If you just don't stop. Look at the incredible things you did. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would have gotten the support I did. I got endorsed by Delaine Easton, our former state superintendent. She was running for governor. She was an assemblywoman, a mayor, assembly member, Anna Caballero. She even endorsed me. At 18, at 19, I didn't think I would have gotten as far as I did. And that's what really boosted my whole thinking of, wow, this is something I didn't think I could do. What if I actually work even harder and do more things? Right. And, you know, just with, with that alone, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just incredible and so inspiring, you know, just especially with just, just the, the age alone where it's like, you're just getting started literally you're, mm. and you've already done so much. But one thing I wanted to ask you was like something like people don't really talk about is like the behind the scenes of campaigning. Like, <laughs> like <clears throat> what goes into having a campaign Running for, you know, in, in this case, mayor. Mm. Like, so, okay, boom. So you have the idea of running for mayor. What, what was the first step you did? First step I did was I got on to Google. Thank mm. God for Google. And I checked out the times for the voters office when it opened, how to do the paperwork. And then I figured out, uh, when you're running for office, you have to keep, uh, it's a booklet, basically. I call it a booklet. And it's basically where you write down all the funding, who your donations are from, what you spent it on. This has to be correct, 100%. Because if any money is missing or it's not there, you're in big trouble. And luckily, I had some great friends that I made along the way that have been involved in campaigns for years and helped me out with filling out this book. Uh, Another thing that you have to take into account is I did something that's never been done with Gustine Politics. And that is, I traveled outside of our town. I went down to Gilroy, met with the field workers. I went down to San Francisco, met with different activists. I went around the state, basically, meeting with different people to get better understanding because people don't realize, especially with how things have been going with closed-cut town politics, if you constantly keep a closed thinking, closed mind, you're never going to get new ideas. And it's something that I hope, more people realize with their campaigns is you need to get more active with traveling out of your area. Another big thing is money is the biggest concern in a campaign. You can instantly 
you can easily run out of it quickly without even realizing it. A hundred signs cost around, I want to say, two hundred dollars. I had to get them from Florida. That was the cheapest place I could get them from. It was halfway across the country. Wow. It just, but luckily, I'm known as a penny pincher in my yeah. group. Right. So I made sure to find the best, cheapest deals. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that the money goes a long way. Because the money comes from people that endorse you, that support you. Oh, okay. I didn't want to waste it. Right. So, you know, uh, for, for those that don't know, like, so it is very important to su- financially support whoever, you know, you're um, for the running for the campaign, right? So when you see, when you... One thing that I don't think people really realize is like, you know, anyone that's running for, you know, um, in this case, like big, big time politics, for example, mm. you know, like Bernie Sanders, you know, you click on his website and then it gives you a little section where it says make a donation. Right? Yeah. That donation keeps the campaign going and gets the name Absolutely. out there. Right. So what what exactly does like so let's just say someone's donating to your campaign. Mm. Where does that money go to? So that money goes into an account you have to make at a local bank. That a bank is specifically for campaign purposes, and usually it's only the person running for office and the campaign manager that has that card. Oh, okay. Because you don't want too many people's hands on it. Guys have money ends up disappearing. Uh, something that I greatly push when it comes to people running for office is don't be afraid to put who's endorsing you. I put down every business that endorsed and donated. And I thanked every single one of them because these people are the backbone also with your campaign. You have your campaign manager, you have your campaign workers, and you also have the people of the town, the business of the town support you as well. Right. And it, you can't forget about either one. Yeah. So with um, like with that being said, you know, when um, after the campaign's over, mm-hmm. what happens with, you know, not only your team, because you have a team that's working with you, like. You said your campaign manager, yeah. you know, um, I know people are like going door to door, door knocking and things like that. I know there's I'm sure there's names for everyone. Right. Yes. Um, but like how many people are in a team when it comes down to campaigning? Like how many people do you need to be supporting you? Usually when it comes down to like larger campaigns, like if you're running for, say, Congress, you have to have for our area at least a good from a county, I'd say at least. 200 people to go along the county. And these are 200 hardworking, dedicated people that can get their friends to help them out to grow that number. Right. For me, I had a very strong, very grateful to have them team of 25. We did have 60, 65, but then when school started back up again, it went down 25, and it was still an amazing job. And then we still had uh, different, like North Valley Labor Federation. Uh, they had endorsed me and they had sent out some people to help me out with passing their own individual papers they printed, oh, okay. which was greatly appreciated. Yeah. So any little bit helps, basically. It's just there's no. Absolutely. There, it's so important to um to know that, too, because I know some people don't do it because they, they're not really aware or they, mm-hmm. they don't even know what really goes into having a campaign or even like making it run because it's not. It, obviously, it's not cheap because it's science, not. Science costs money. Everything costs money. You know, the gas you spend going to places and mm-hmm. things like that, you know. Um, but we, we had talked about this a little bit before where, where it was very important to me to know, like, um, you know, to motivate not only the youth, but, you know, letting them know the, the importance of voting. Like, you know, of course, you know, there's 
um, your vote, de- like we were talking about, your vote definitely does matter. Yes. But what tips would you give someone that has like literally never voted, never been interested in voting? Like, what tips would you give them? So, if you're a high schooler who's a voting age, I'd greatly say go talk to your local government teacher. Uh, ask them some questions uh, about both sides, and hopefully, they're a good person that's willing to talk to you about both sides. If you're in college, same thing. Go to your poli sci teachers. If you're kind of nervous because you're not sure what side you want to be on, you don't want people to kind of put a side into your head, then go to your local library, go on a computer, or go on your laptop at home. Just look up both parties. If you're going to want to get into this most, if you want to get active into a recent campaign for the recent elections in 2020, look up all the candidates. I always, when I went door to door, I always suggested to people. This is me. This is my opponent. We both have Facebook pages. We both have this. Look us up. That's the best way to know of someone. Because if the candidates don't put up all the information, what they want to do, what their objectives are, what they plan to create in your community, then they're hiding something or they don't have a plan. That's the best way to better educate yourself because that way you don't have someone trying to feed you into a party. Right. That's true. And, you know, with... And it's never too late or too early to obviously, you know, too early. You have to be a voting age, right? But mm-hmm. it's never too late to register to vote. As never far as like, late. as far as your age, like you could, if you haven't done it now and you're, you know, about to hit 30, it's okay. Like you could register to vote. It's yes. never too late to even want to learn or, or even ask. Like you could always go on Google. Google has all the answers, you know? Absolutely. But, um, you know, what have we talked about, um, you know, small town stuff you know like where mm-hmm. it's you know it's really tough to like for example gasine is a lot smaller than los banos gasine's population is what about we're about five thousand plus people we're more known as cow we have more cows than people right so just so for the listeners that aren't aware of, of this area you know gasine's about five thousand los banos is about 50 or 50 no 40 40 000 around we're high up there Right. So we're up there. Right. I mean, it's still small compared to like bigger cities, but um, it's a very big difference. Literally, if you pass by Gasina and you blink, you will miss it. Yes, you will. And, um, you know, one thing that like uh, that I noticed, too, about like a lot of my friends, they live like in the city or they're from um, whether it's the Bay Area and then they're not really used to or when they do come to Los Angeles and they visit, they hate it. Right. So I could only imagine if they were to go to Gasine. Mm-hmm. But what would, like, for example, someone that has never been there, why would what would you tell them to, to go visit Gasine? What would you tell them to go do? One of the things that always happens is my friends, like, when we were in high school, they are always bored. There's nothing to do, they said. Yeah. A lot of them end up moving out, left, because there's just nothing here to keep them. I, if you're coming to Gustine, just walk down our main street. Yeah. You walk down Gustine's Main Street, you're walking down a piece of history that's been long forgotten. We have beautiful historical buildings, business owners that will greet you with a smile, invite you in. It's just one of those hidden gems in not only California, but in the country where everybody just comes together no matter what. Yeah. And it's very true, like the um, just walking downtown, makes you feel, which we did recently when yes. uh, we were walking downtown. I think it was like raining and you had said, oh, we could just walk a couple of blocks. I'm like, and I said, hold on, Zach, <laughs> well, listen, is it safe? You know, he's like, of course, it's safe. We're in Christine, you know, and I and it was already nighttime. It was raining. We were walking down the street and mm-hmm. it was like 
in mainstream, but I had never felt so safe. I was like, what? Wait, this is this is crazy. You know, and it's just seeing everyone was walking, welcoming. So like, like they didn't even know who I was because I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they treated me like a local, which is great. Like such yes. a great feeling to know, you know, but um, when we talked about, you know, your um, your upbringing. So you did mention a little bit of, uh, about Portuguese, you know, so mm-hmm. um, so you're Portuguese, right? Yes, I'm Portuguese American. Okay, and so how much of that, you know, we talked about your upbringing a little bit um, recently with, you know, your your parents being um, very supportive yes. of, of what you, your, what your decisions are. are. Is your family very, um, are they pretty shy or do they, because you're very outgoing. Uh, what's interesting is my mother, God bless her, she's been a big supporter of mine with a lot of things I've done. She's a very outgoing person, very creative person. She's, uh, I'd have to say, she's what really, she taught me so much on how to be creative with a lot of our signs, a lot of our campaigning. I got a lot of ideas from childhood memories on how to be creative, how to be colorful with things. And my dad, he's a more quiet guy, very talkative when it comes to family, when we're at family functions. He taught me how to be a strong worker. He taught me, I'll never forget this, once I was five or six years old, and I asked him why he doesn't take days off. A lot of my other friends' dads do, and he never did. And I asked him, why was that? And he said, because one day you're going to take a day off, and your boss is going to find someone to cover for you. What's to stop your boss if that person does a better job than you to replace you with that person? That's always stuck with me my entire life. And it's just... I thank him for being there for me. I thank my mom for being there for me because a lot of people nowadays take their parents for granted. They think that, oh, they're just talking to talk. But there comes a point when you end up remembering a bit of wisdom they told you and it instantly clicks with your situation that you're dealing with. Right. And, you know, we talked about like how your your family, you're so close with your family. Are you you're the oldest in your I'm the only one. You're the only okay, so you're the only one. And you know, with um I know I uh just, you know, relating to what you said, I know I take pride in a lot of things that I do, I obviously I always keep my family in um in the back of my mind, but I try my best not because it um their their opinions definitely could get to me, right? Because yes. they're very my family is very strong minded. Um and you know, there's times where, you know, I my my parents asked me like, "Yo, this is crazy what you're doing." You know that I would have never even thought about this, right? Mm-hmm. But I always look back. So my family, they're they're Mexicans, right? They're Mexican. Well, I'm Mexican American. My family, um, both both my parents are Mexican, and they um, they've always always instilled in me like, "Yo, work hard to get what you want. Don't ever ever expect anyone to hand anything out, right?" So True. any and anything that I do, I always just always think of, you know, from from when my family first started, you know, um, and I to this day, obviously, I have family in Mexico as well um, that really work hard in, in, in everything that they do. So I take pride in that as well with um, I always keep them in mind. And I always think of, you know, I, I love supporting everyone. But, you know, obviously, when, you know, when you when you think of, you know, your upbringing and your um your family, you know, it it makes you very prideful. And, you know, with, for example, with Gustine, the majority of the population is Portuguese, right? Yes. So they also have this, is this, it's a fest, is it a, an event? What is it called? Uh, a festa. Festa. So that's pretty much, what what is the festa? The festa is a huge celebration. Um, 
I think we're recorded to still have one of the biggest ones in California. Yeah. And it's just beautiful music, beautiful ceremony. And so many people from around California, even from Portugal down the road, come out to it because it's a community coming together in a very beautiful way that we have this ceremony called the Candlelight Ceremony. We walk from the Catholic Church down to Henry Miller Park. You put our candles up, you get a pin, and you just meet people you haven't mm-hmm. seen in months, days, years, coming together again. And it's just a beautiful event to see. I hope that anyone listening comes out to it because truly it's one of the things that makes Augustine a great community. Yeah. So I had mentioned with, you know, like my family being from Mexico and like mm-hmm. they know what I do and they support but um, what did your family in Portugal think when you were running for um, for mayor? Uh, on my dad's side, it was interesting because they a lot of them supported it. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were very opinionated about the current administration because they used to live in Gustine. Oh, okay. And they saw how things were kind of going downhill from what they said. And they were really supportive because they liked the fact that I wanted to shake things up for a better. One of my aunts, uh, when I was first, when we did, did our first news interview, my cousin, she had seen it on Instagram and she told my aunt that Zach's on TV, Zach's on the news. Yeah. She's like, no, he's not. And she changed the channel to it. Like, why didn't you tell me this? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'll tell you next time. Yeah. And it was just, it was funny because our family on both sides is very quiet to ourselves. While I was like a speeding train wanting to get out there and do things. <laughs> yeah. And the we um you had mentioned uh last time we had talked that you're a little like low key a celebrity in Portugal. Uh <laughs> technically. Okay, so wait, can you can you let people know a little bit about that? So when the campaign first started, I had the great opportunity to meet some great people from the California Portuguese American Coalition. It's a great group of representatives from all across California that are in businesses, politics, education, all different kinds of fields. And while working with them, I managed to make great connections and they shared my story on their page. And out of nowhere, these Portuguese paper newspapers started contacting the campaign office. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Thought that it would just be the local paper. And from there, it just got. One interview one month, two the next, four after that, and then came the big one. And after that, it just became this thing where people from Portugal were following it. And more Portuguese businesses in California started contacting us saying they wanted to donate, they wanted to support anybody they could. I managed to meet a lot of incredible people. And what's funny is like even after the election's over, I managed to meet the president of the Azores at Fresno State. Wow. And I'm not even an official, mm-hmm. but because the work that I'm doing I'm still able to meet these incredible people that are trying to do the same thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And did it, how did it make you feel when, when you, I mean, obviously you're going to politics, you know, you know, you're going to, people are going to know your name. People are going to know who you are, especially when, you know, when they'll, you'll, they'll see you at the grocery store, they know who you are or they'll post about you and things like that. Mm-hmm. How did it feel though? When you're like, Whoa, wait, this is, this is getting crazy. So a lot of things happened in my mind where I was kind of rushing on. Okay. F- when I first started, at first, I'm going to rush to the negative real quick. Mm-hmm. What are the negative things going to be said instead of the positive? And there's always a worry of who's going to be uh, 
my generation likes to call it who's going to be a hater. Right. But in more layman's terms, it's who's going to be the most negative Nancy for the older people that are watching this. Mm-hmm. I'm really, um, listening to this. <laughs> and after a while seeing how things were going, I started looking more on the positive. Like our first news interview, I believe, was with ABC 30. Or was it 10? Not one, one of the two. And it was a surreal experience because not once did I ever think I'd be on the news. Unless there was a robbery. I just so happened to be there at the bank. Right. And after that, it just, it really helped me grill more because all these people from across California are on this platform trying to talk and learn more about what you're doing. It helps you not only mature a lot faster, but it also helps you become a more social person. Yeah. Uh, walking into the local diamond, people that I'd never even met said, oh, I saw your post or, oh, I saw your interview. saw you in the paper somewhere. And I would have, I had one time a conversation for an hour at Walmart with someone that I didn't even know that wasn't even in my voting area, but just was interested in what we were doing. And I shared with her everything. And she said, when my kids come back, I'm highly recommending moving to Gustine. Oh, wow. And I was just very happy. I made a little joke saying, well, hopefully when I'm in office, I can get their vote. Yeah. And, you know, with I wanted to ask you, you know, um, at what point, you know, did you realize, you know, because there was a time where it was like, okay, you had this idea of Mm -hmm. running. Right. And then, boom, you're running. You're making you actually made it happen. Yes. You don't know how you're making it happen. Right. And then at what point during your run or, you know, or even now, did you sit and look back like, whoa, this is real life right now. I can't believe I just thought about it and I made it happen. (laughs) Uh, That there was a lot of moments like that because. It it sure can't say the word correctly right now, but it's it's unbelievable at times where you're this 19 year old running for an office. Not sure what's going to happen next. And out of nowhere, you're in a tomato field, planting tomato plants with field workers that live in your community. And you're talking about the problems that are in Gustine. You're in the now. You're active. You're doing something that not others would do. And you're just working. Yeah. Uh, Another one is when I met with two of the candidates for governor, John Chang and Delaney Easton. Met with both of them, gave one of them a tour around Gustine, met one of them at another event, and realizing I'm meeting with these people. One's our current, one was our current state treasurer, one was our former state superintendent. Mm-hmm. These are people that were high up there in politics. Right. I'm just running for a low local office. Yeah, it helps show me this is really happening. This is now. This is an opportunity you can't waste. Right. So you know. You know, the campaign's over, but, you know, I wanted to ask you is why, why should someone vote for you? People should vote for me because I truly have my heart for my community. Depending on whatever I run for next, people are going to know I'm running for this position because my heart's for it. I love the community. I love the business owners. I love the people. I'm active in literally everything that happens. Even if I can't work with it, I'll still donate towards it. 
a lot of the kids know me. Uh, what was funny was at the Christmas event we had last year, this little boy comes up to me and says, you're running for mayor, right? Oh, yeah, hi. You don't remember me. I was one of the kids that you read to, you read to my class. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's right. And it was heartwarming that this little kid remembered me still. Right. And somehow knows what I'm doing with the whole politics thing. Come up to me, talk to me about it. And it shows to the community, I hope it shows to them, I'm not just in this for a title like many others are. There's a lot of fake people out there running for offices because they think that it's fancy to have a certain title. And they're not genuinely in it because they love it. Exactly. I'm in this because I love it, and I know that I'm going to make an impact that's going to help the people of Gustine, help the youth, help the elderly, help the veterans, help those in our low-income communities, because my heart's in our town, and I will fight day and night to make sure to get everything we need. That's great. And then, you know, one thing about, you know, obviously anyone that's that's running, you know, I always like to know, like, uh, who obviously not only uh, what they what they believe in and, you know, what they're, you know, letting us know what they're, you know, um, campaigning for. But mm-hmm. like who that person is, it's like, what is your favorite food? Like yes. you do what? toppings you put on your beat like like in depth i know that's super lame but i always like to know like especially like someone that you're supporting because you want to feel relatable yes. you know what i mean and um and i know you know, obviously every generation is different and you mm. know someone that's like 50 is probably gonna sit here and say oh no otherwise you know but i think it's super important to know not only you know I, of course you know the politics you know and, and you know in depth with that but you know to be able to to gauge the audience that isn't used to voting, you know, one thing I noticed too with, um, you know, certain people, you know, um, certain um, uh, what would the term be? Um, wait, what do you call people that run for, like that are campaigning? Um, like for example, Bernie Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what year was it that he? I forgot what year it was. Recently, he was running for um for Democratic nomination. Uh, yes. So he was he had all the like social media support, mm. right? But that didn't like equal to the support that he got in the polls. Mm. So now he's running again, yes. right? So now Bernie's running again and and now, you know, th- things are different, right? So yes. it's like he, you know, when it comes down to, you know, I think it's because people realize this recent election, like, yo, you know what, your vote really does matter. Mm. And people Absolutely. are going to have to learn the hard way and, and you know, um, um, disregarding everyone's political beliefs. Because I feel like, you know, it, it's a, a definitely a tough subject because, you know, um, just considering that everything that's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's super important to, to respect everyone's beliefs as well. You know, not um, I don't I don't ever think um, anything where um, and I, I know I'm still going on with the subject I don't want to talk about, but the. Um, just the importance of it with um like you mentioned that you know you had gone to the field with the field workers and you learned a lot that when you went did you go once or twice how many times did you go? I went once I wanted to go more times yeah. but the campaign team said we got a lot to work on here right. at home and you already have a lot of events on your table. Yeah. So I'm hoping though that the next go around I'll have more mm-hmm. opportunities to go out there and speak with them and work with them. Yeah. Because it's truly a you're never gonna forget experience. Right. So what 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 did you learn when you went over there with the field workers? So things that I learned is 
you hear a lot in the news, oh, there's people that are murderers, people that are rapists, drug dealers. There's every racial group has good and bad people. It's not just a specific one. For years, there's been good and bad people on both sides. Right. And something we need to remember is there are so many, there's so many more good people out there. Right. And I learned from working with these people that were out in the fields. They're just like you and me, making a living, supporting their family. And I honestly believe that they are what this current generation sees as the American dream. Right. Back then, the American dream was you worked hard for your family, you provided for them, get the roof over their head. That's the exact same thing these people are doing. And they're working so much harder because you're never going to see someone like me out there. Right. Very rare you see a white gentleman, white female out there, out in the sun or out in this extreme heat that we had recently. And it's one of those things where, again, I see the viewpoints on both parties. Right. This is a specific one that I think both parties need to really look at. Because when it comes to that issue, I see it as a lot of them are fighting for the American dream of their own. Right. We need to work harder to make the system a lot more easier, mm-hmm. but as well as make it where we're doing it at a correct process. Right. You know, and um, there's, you know, there's so much, um, especially nowadays in in uh, both Casina and Los Banos, where mm-hmm. there's so much of the Hispanic community, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, with, even with, you know, um, you had mentioned the American dream, which is one thing that, you know, you had took um, a trip to the to to go see the field workers and see in depth because it's one thing watching videos and mm. and hearing about it, but when you actually go and and see what's going on, you know, I took a trip uh, to Mexico actually a few years ago, and I I had honestly I had gone to just go, um, I have family in a Mexico City, so I was mm. like, you know what, I'm gonna go spend some time out there. I wasn't, to be honest, I didn't feel inspired you know, here at, here at home, you know, so I, mm. I, um, I took the trip and, you know, uh, the city is a very fast paced life. You know what mm. I mean? That's one thing I definitely realized from the jump, um, very different than the countryside, you know? And, um, one thing I realized is, you know, every, uh, you know, aside from everyone being, um, hustling and just, you know, making something out of nothing, like regardless, like there's no excuse, um, to not make things happen, you know, with, um, and every, um, uh, every little stop I, I, I went with, you know, in, in Mexico, I noticed like so many businesses, like people were selling everything, like, you know, whether it was a taco stand or, you know, little sandals or bracelets or, you know, like, and it was, um, very life changing, very humbling to know, like, you know, what do I have to complain about when, um, and I was there a little, I want to say a little over a month. And um, it changed my entire perspective on anything. I, if I had never felt inspired, even to this day, when I ever I have a down day, I just think of, yo, there's so many people that wish they could have the opportunities just to even be here in Cal- well, in this case, California, you know, with um, and I'm very passionate, obviously, you know, um, especially with, you know, Mexicans. It's very, you know, because it hits close to home for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents are here legally, right? And but I know a lot of people that aren't 
you know, and unfortunately, like, I know it's it's very easy, which like I said, you know, this is definitely um, going off subject with everything, but um, it's, I, I would love to like, I would say bring awareness to like um, letting people know, you know what, I know it may seem very easy. Like for example, you know, with um, certain, um, uh, what are they called? Where um, assumptions of like, you know, oh, only a certain race is, is um, gangsters or certain mm. races, you know, um, in drugs, you know, or any anything, you know, because there's a little bit of everything in every every single yes. race, you know. There's there's good guys, good guys and bad guys, you know. And I think there's there's like we were, you had mentioned, there's more good than anything, and and being able to be aware of every surroundings and getting to know people. I feel like I had a uh, this happened like recently where I had seen someone with that and their vehicle like definitely showed what political party they mm. are, right? Um, and I was actually, I was, I was uh, near the gussing area, right? And, um, my little car, I don't have no, I don't have no bumper stickers. I don't, I don't even have like tinted windows, which I definitely should get. But, um, I was putting gas and this, um, this truck pulls up. And like I said, they're very vocal of who they support, which I, like I said, everyone, you know, to each his own. And, you know, I was just like, you know, minding my business and, you know, they brought up a few a few you know things that were go- that were going on in the news at the time, mm-hmm. and you know a part of it had to do with you know unfortunately the um, uh, officer seeing you know had you know yeah. unfortunately he had passed and which is it's you know that alone was a such a horrible horrible um, incident what happened it surely was and you know um, much respect to his families and and you know Newman Police Department you know um, but um, that was. Um, there was so much hate coming from this person. And mind you, I'm just pumping gas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, of course, they said a, full, a few vulgar things, and you know something regarding Mexicans, right? A few cuss words in regarding Mexicans. So, um, I, I had just, you know, I was just throwing a few things away, pumping gas, just minding my business. And um, he said, "Why aren't you reacting?" And and I told him, you know, um, I just, I, like, I just hope you have a good day, because mm-hmm. I'm definitely not that person to get rowdy, because. I just feel like, of course, there should definitely be respect, you know? And yes. um, I noticed that, like, in certain, which, like I said, everyone's different. Um, but if I had someone else with me, like, for example, my brothers, that would have definitely not happened, you know? But I know um, there's a lot of, a lot of people are more vocal now in what they believe in when it comes mm-hmm. down to politics. Some are negative, some are positive, you know? But what... To what extent, because, you know, usually people say, hey, you know what, don't talk about politics with people. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about politics or religion. Because that's like something you just you just don't do. It's seen as both things are seen as like a bad word nowadays. Right. When it comes down to talking about politics in general, I have no fear about talking about it. Yeah. Be it if I'm in a room full of Democrats, full of Republicans, any party. I have no real fear of talking about it because... As long as you're the coolest head in the room, you're winning. Yeah. As long as you're not raising your voice like they are, you're seen as the common person. You're winning the argument. Yeah. And I don't really see things as arguments. I see things as debates. When you see something as a debate, it makes it more fun. It helps you keep a cool head because there's been times where I was at this I was at this event in San Francisco. And we're at this table. It has both parties. Every party was there. It was this nice little charity event trying to raise money for a cause. I can't remember the cause at the moment. 
And we're all getting ready to eat down, sit down for dinner. I'm at this table, and it's all Republicans. And I kind of chuckled a bit, because inside I'm thinking, hmm, they sat the youngest Dem here <laughs> at a table for Republicans. And I fight the odd man out by act that way, because we're all just having a good time eating. Yeah. Well, during it all, one of them mentions that if the LGBT community were to just stay quiet, not be as obnoxious as they're being, then they wouldn't be having all this hate towards them. And at that point in time where I had to say something, I have friends that are part of that community, and I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe in. I mentioned to him, it's that same thinking that caused a lot of these different movements to happen. Yeah. The civil rights movement. If Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, all these people that helped lead these different movements mm-hmm. just sat down. Yeah. Done nothing, the thing would have happened. Right. It's, and then this person next to me had gotten up. I thought that I had just offended a Republican uh, politician. I was like, okay, well, this is a great way to end the night. Right. Have some people hate me already. Yeah. And surprisingly, the next time I went up there, I was with some friends. We entered this restaurant. We were on. It's the street. It's a largely populated by the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And we entered this cafe, and it was. I was waiting to get my coffee, and this person says, "You're the blue dog." And I was thinking, dear God, what kind of term is that? Did I have something wrong? That's yeah, something good. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, no, 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 it's something good. And he pointed towards this little paper clipping, and it says, blue dog at a table full of reds. And it's about how I was willing, I, this young per- the article said how this young person stood up to these people that were showing different ideals on that community. Yeah. And it was just... I felt very happy for one being able to stand up for a community that I may not be a part of. Yeah. But I believe that everyone has the right to marry who they want, be with who they want. Yeah. And to know that I was able to make some people happy that I was able to do that for them. Yeah. It made me happy. It's just, it's, I do want to say, be careful. Right. Because we are living in a time where in certain parts of the world, not just in America, but in certain parts of the world, not all over the world, there are certain communities that if you do say something, make sure you have a friend with you. Right. It's great to stand up for something. But if you're in a certain area that you know is not supportive of that, play the game carefully. Play what you're doing carefully. Do say what you're doing carefully. Because that's how a lot of these incidents happen with shootings, murders, uh, violence, and it's scary. But that's the world we live in. And yeah. I want to add that that wasn't about or Republicans that do support the LGBT community. Right. It just so happened at that event that that just happened to be what the party member was. Right. And, you know, you know, you mentioned a little bit about that where it was, you know, the, the importance of knowing especially with there's so many different communities out there Mm -hmm. that are you know um very vocal on like they know who supports them who doesn't support them and like that just um there's um how how would i explain it where um certain political candidates are very vocal of what they don't support Mm -hmm. 
and they don't care if they even offend a certain group of people, right? Where, That's true. Um, where, you know, you talked a little bit, well, right now you mentioned how to mention the shootings, right? Or, you know, with, especially on like being vocal on what you believe mm-hmm. in and, you know, you have to be safe. Definitely. That's one thing I, I say is like, always be, be aware of your surroundings. And especially when you're, you're very, um, very strong minded when you're, when you mention something that you're very passionate about, right? Yes. So one thing that, that I had noticed too is, for example, um, I don't know if you watch sports, but. Um, Colin Kaepernick is standing for something that he strongly believes in. Um, And, you know, that's obviously, you know, completely different subject than what we're on. But, you know, with um, with what he's doing when um, and, you know, obviously even for his safety, because like he can't just go to the store and just be Colin Kaepernick Mm because he's 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 going against a a lot of a, a lot of people that you normally people wouldn't go against. You know, when it comes down to making a stand in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So what would what tips would you give someone that that wants to go against the grain in a sense where it comes down to, for example, you were sitting at that table with a bunch of, you know, people that are against everything you believe in or not against what, what they're just differences. Right. A, yes. lot of, a lot of differences. And you were that one person that that thinks completely different than what they think. Mm. And then you still stood your ground like nothing scared you to be like, you know what? I'm just going to sit at a different table. You know what I mean? It was just. Don't be afraid. It's enough for what you believe in. Make sure you do the research. Because it's great to say, say if you see something on social media and you don't like it, you see a video, you think it's wrong. Yeah. Do the full research into that video or into that article. Because. You never know what the full story is. An example of this, and it's, it's an out there example, but there was a newspaper in Mexico that printed recently about the new Pokemon games. Pokemon Sword, Shield, and Pokemon Gun. Pokemon Gun is an actual game. That oh, was okay. something that was created by some random person that designed it, and this newspaper didn't... The, the writer of the story did their job. They did everything, writing the whole story out, the person picking the image picked one that had that added Pokemon gun thing into it, oh, okay. which caused some people to kind of be wary of Pokemon. That's why I always say, do your research because if you don't and you see something like that and you get offended, you get angry at and you jump the gun on it. Yeah. That could come back to hurt you. Definitely. That's so true. You know, this. Just being gullible, which is yes. such a, you know, there's there's so much that has been going on lately where, um, you know, a certain actor, you know, um, uh, lied about a certain, you know, from the empire, yeah. from, you know, um, regarding the, the Republican Party. Like, and like I said, you know, um, I, I respect everyone's beliefs, but, you know, when you t- take it to the extent where you lie just to make a certain political party look about it, it's like, you know what, you don't need to go that far. And absolutely. I, and I'm, I, I myself don't believe everything I see because I always say, okay, there's like, there's more to that, you know, which is with yes. everything. Because, you know, nowadays with social media, you could just see a headline and, and people are just straight to believe it right away, you know. And um, but it's super true. Like, you know, don't be global. Don't believe everything you see. Um, And if you want to, you know, if it intrigues you, look into it, you know, look mm-hmm. into it and then just um stick to what you believe in, you know, but. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, you had uh, a little bit earlier, you had, um, we didn't, we talked about this last time where, you know, we talked about the behind the scenes, we mm-hmm. talked about everything that goes down 
um, you being like um, one of the youngest people that, that have ran, I know there's a few other candidates that have run for mayor in different areas, right? Yeah. But so, boom, so you're running for mayor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going with the campaign. How are your DMs while this is all going down? Like, how yeah. are your messages? Are, are girls hitting you up like, yo, Zach, let's, <laughs> let me take you out to dinner. Like, how are your DMs? That's the real question. What was funny was one of my colleagues uh, took it upon themselves with a dating app <laughs> saying how you're too proud with this. You do need to be social. And some other friends have said, oh, you need to at least go on a date once. Because I didn't, my mind was not at all on dating or right, anything else. It yeah. was straight political. And I had gone a f- one or two days during the campaign, which was a nice break and nice relief. It was interesting, though, because on one of the dates, the person literally knew everything about me before we sat down. And I already asked, like, started jumping the questions, like, how's the campaign going? Yeah. How's this? How is me and that person? I kind of, like, chuckled and asked, okay, I let you know everything about me. Let's spend the next hour so I can learn about you. Right. And it's just, it was it was fun, though. A lot of people that I used to be friends with that moved away uh, started getting back in contact with me mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, it's reached out here. Like, one friend of mine, he lives out in Texas, and he said that uh, he got a little bit of it on his social media about what's going on out here in California. Yeah. And... It was, it was really nice. I really liked the connections I made, and it's still interesting going on dates because even though the campaign's over, they still know everything about you. Yeah. So it's not like you know I can't sit here and be like, oh Zach, so what do you do for a living? You know, where it's like, wait, I know what you do. You know, because I've seen you on social media, and and you're pretty active on there, which is awesome to know. Like mm-hmm. you're always posting something. What's um, which is great to like, so anyone that would you be able to like give advice to anyone that wants to get into politics as well? Or like, can they hit you up and say, Hey Zach, what do you think about this? You know, I'm, I'm looking into getting into this. Can they hit you up or no? Absolutely. Uh, right now I'm actually, a uh, run for something got in touch with me about working with them on doing the exact same thing. If you're a person that wants to get involved in politics, be it a local level, highly if it comes to a local level, I yeah. can more than help you. Yeah. If it comes to a higher level, I can help you as much as I possibly can with the knowledge that I've gained. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to pass you along to also other great people that are involved in politics in that certain range of it. Yeah. But feel more than free to contact me. I'm more than happy to help out, meet, grab a cup of coffee, do some phone meetings. Because I strongly believe that this is for too long been a game for... Your generation, now it's time to kind of pass the torch and educate the younger generation on things. And if they're not going to do that, we have to work together to do that. That's awesome. So where do you where do you want to be from years from now? Like five years from now, what does Zachary Ramos <laughs> want to do? Five years from now, I want to be either working even harder, possibly going for either a school board or a city council seat. I want to be involved in the political seat for sure. I also want to be continuing to work with my organization and working with kids, working with the elderly, as well as traveling a lot more, not just in our state, not just in our country, but across the world. So I can learn more about what other people are doing. That'd be great. 
Well, um, and then your Facebook is what is Zachary Ramos or what's your um, you're mainly on Facebook. Are you on Instagram as well? Oh, yeah. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Just got on Twitter now. And uh, Facebook, we have there's if it's strictly politics, there's the Zachary Ramos community, Gustine community advocate page. Uh, personal, there's Zachary Ramos, Z-A-C-H-E-R-Y-R-A-M-O-S. Then on Instagram, it's Zachary underscore Ramus. And then for Twitter, I believe it's Z Ramus 18. And feel more than free to contact me on those. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you may have. Well, thank you, Zach. I had so, like such a good time recording today because I know we, uh, we've been trying to record for such a long time. And I'm, Absolutely. I'm so excited that, you know, we're able to, to record and even talk about so many important subjects where we could you know let people know hey you know what go out there register and vote like what other tips would you give them before we like sign out like something else is get involved in your community i started out by when i was a senior in high school i created from an old ice cream cart this little traveling library to give out books to kids that's what got me involved in my community you also should help find a way to get involved in yours be it starting something, be it by joining something, because it's a great way to get your name out there. Before politics, I used this to get my name with businesses, with different things. And now after politics, I'm still a part of it, getting my name out there, because people forget that community involvement helps get you in front of the community. Right, right. And even if you don't win, that community involvement can help you out with other things. Like, again, with my age, right now I'm working with bringing in the traveling exhibit out here for, excuse me, sorry, getting a Porky the Pig moment here. <laughs> uh, getting out exhibits out here, talking to people from across the world on getting them out here to do things. You can still meet incredible people that can help you out too along the way. Just get active with your community. Don't forget where you come from because the people that vote for you, that get you to where you are today, and too many people forget about that. You represent the constituents. Without their support, you're nothing. That's true. There's, um, and one thing I like definitely want to say is be the change you want to see in the community. Like, I don't want to hear anyone complain if they're not taking the initiative exactly. to be a part of the community. So if you guys are like, for example, if you guys are one of those Facebook people that go on the pages and to complain <laughs> about every single business, you know what? No, support that local business and be the change you want to see. So you know what? That's what I'm going to tell people. Yo, you know what? Be the change you want to see in the community. I don't hear no one complain. And uh, exactly. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time out, Zach. I know you're a busy dude. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And uh, stay tuned for the next one. <laughs>